Hello and welcome to Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a Million Heart Series. My name is Logan Wolf, and I am a church planter in Provo, Utah. My wife, Grayson, and I moved here uh, almost 13 years ago from Wilmington, North Carolina. And over the course of the dozen or so years, it has uh, our ministry has taken so many different shapes and uh, forms. We started as a mobile church meeting in the conference center of a hotel, uh, what was a, a Best Western. We did that for five years before we navigated a church merger and became multi-site overnight with staff and buildings in two different counties. And we did that for uh, almost four years. And at that point, we uh, did some deep soul searching, some reflection, and we ended up offloading that entire structure. And for the last five years now, we've been functioning as a network of house churches across the state of Utah and even seeing our ministry spill into some different uh, areas, some different parts of the Southwest region. And my purpose with this podcast has just been looking back over that experience and reliving it. Um, analyzing it, thinking back through it. What would I do differently if I were doing the same thing again, pursuing those same courses of action? Uh, what would I do differently just knowing everything that I know now? And my hope in doing that is to save you some of the frustration and the heartache and the struggles and just your time, your energy, your money. Uh, so many things that we walked through, slammed up against, wrestled with that I just hope I can spare you from having to to reinvent the wheel from making those same mistakes again and again and again. And these last several episodes, uh, I have been inviting some different friends, some different brothers from different parts of the country to come in and share their experience with us, um, their own church planting stories and lessons, things that they've learned. That is the case today. I'm joined by my friend Joseph Wyatt. He is in uh, Daytona, Florida, on the other side of the country. And uh, Joseph, it is so good to have you here with us, man. Thank you for your time. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you, Logan. And it's good to be on. I, I imagine it's a little warmer there in Daytona than it is right here in Utah. I would assume so, but it's in the 60s, so I oh, don't know. So it is. It's a lot warmer there. <laughs> good deal. Well, brother, we met just not terribly too long ago. Uh, I feel like this year, right? We met yeah, earlier, like this this year, year. earlier this year. And we've had a number of conversations. In fact, it's been great getting to hear Joseph's story and walk with him through some stuff, just as God's doing some incredible stuff in Florida. And even now, uh, what's it look like for the, the future, just his family and ministry. But before we get to all that, I do want Joseph to set the context of, of everything he's going to share. And so Joseph, maybe by way of introduction, kind of give a little bit of your faith story as it pertains to church planting, what landed you there in Florida, what happened there, um, and then we'll just take it from there. So go by whatever you think is necessary to share, brother. Just let's let's hear the story. Okay. Well, I uh, I grew up in a pastor's home, uh, so <laughs> I've seen I've seen church as we say churches since I was born. Uh, so 44 years of life has been in this type of structure, uh, and um, man, so grew up in church, grew grew up in, in in ministry. My dad was a pastor uh, in a really small town. Um, we moved to the so we moved from southern West Virginia, no man's land, to a a big city when I was 17. Totally changed my world, changed my life uh, in a, a thousand different ways. Um, I got saved when I was, um, 25 years old. Okay. Uh, and it was at that moment in life for me that I, the Holy spirit moved in and I started thinking for myself <laughs> versus, 
uh, and not a bad thing, just, just right. reading the word of God and, and God was just speaking to me and I wasn't following, uh, just the faith of everybody else. Uh, it was truly my, it, I was learning my faith, growing in my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, um, because I grew up in a pastor's home, uh, I actually was already in my fourth year of Bible college when I got saved. I was almost done. And I'm like, well, do I finish it out or do I just quit? Because I'm not going to be preaching. I don't plan on going into ministry. Um, and God and I wrestled around for about a month after I got saved. Um, and uh, I finally surrendered to the Lord saying, yes, I will. I will go into ministry. I will do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> um, and uh, so I started that process. And so I jumped back in. I'm like, okay, so did I start Bible college all over? Do I, do, do I get to just continue where I'm at? And uh, lo and behold, I, I finished out my last year. I got my degree. And then uh, God just started working on my heart, my wife's heart. And we were like, we kept getting nudged towards church planning ministry or, or trying to step out on our own and, and, and just develop discipleship, do something. Mm. Um, and everything we got, uh, we felt like we got pushback. Um, not, not from the Lord standpoint, but others, because it either wasn't the right structure or right timing or, or other things that occurred. Um, and so long story short, uh, that journey ended us up eventually moving us from Virginia, where I was living to Ohio, uh, from Ohio, we moved to Iowa, uh, Iowa. I spent time with, uh, uh, my, my mentor and my pastor, um, brother Wellman, who had the same idea, the same thought processes in church planting, uh, getting into a community and just living out life uh but within the structure it was still the the typical find a place rent a building do that mm-hmm. uh so there were some structural differences in, in in the process but he taught me some great lessons which i'll talk about at a later date uh eventually uh because uh, honestly in church planting and ministry the devil always is going to fight he doesn't want to see people get saved he doesn't want to see ministry succeed uh, so the devil got his nasty little hands in my family and in my life. Uh, and my health went south. I worked a full-time job and was trying to do ministry. Uh, and so I stepped away from ministry almost 11 years ago, completely. Mm. Uh, I could, well, one, I couldn't function. My health was so bad. I was having seizures. It was really bad. So I never anticipated ever being back in ministry. Uh, over the next two or three years, I got my health right, uh, and we moved back to Ohio near family, and God God miraculously opened up the door for us to move to Florida, which is where I am now. Mm. Uh, like I said, never had anticipated being in ministry ever again, and uh, the pastor that loved on us and cared for us in Ohio said, I think you need to consider this, uh, and then God miraculously, like I said, opened the door for us to be in Florida. Uh, I took a small little church in a small little town of a couple hundred people. Um, <laughs> and I had grand dreams and expectations and 
like I said, the devil likes to do what he does. And uh, we moved into this little town with a church of about seven, uh, grew it to 70 uh, within a matter of months, uh, people getting right with God and the devil not liking it. Um, and so we ended up, uh, because of a difference of opinion on, on ministry's values and, and things, uh, ended up stepping away from that church. Um, and so God put us in a, a beautiful location, a beautiful place in Daytona, where we are now. Uh, and just over the last seven years has transformed my, my thinking, my thought processes, uh, my ministry ideas, uh, and literally life lesson after life lesson of, well, that's probably not how you should do these things um, mm. has happened. So. So that's what landed us in Florida. Uh, within that context, uh, about two years ago, uh, because my wife and I had had known that God wanted us to be in church planting, had never uh, had done some church planting ministry, but had never just jumped full in. Right. Uh, we felt um, actually. Let me rewind for a second. My daughter, my oldest daughter. Uh, it's going to sound funny. We're sitting in a hot tub on a little vacation. And my oldest daughter looks at me and says, dad, when are you going to do what God called you to do? Step out by faith and not worry about what anybody else thinks hmm. and just do ministry like you're supposed to. How, how, yeah, okay. <laughs> how, how old is she? How old is she? She's 20 now. At that point, she would have been 17, almost 18. All right. Just call it as she sees it. She called it and she saw it. Uh, and I'm sitting there like, mouth open, like, yeah, sure. Uh, well, okay. How about you shut up? <laughs> well, so that wasn't, that was really cool. But the funny part was her, my, my oldest son, who is now 18, who would have been 16 at the time, agreed with her. Now, they not, you know, wow. when you've got teenagers, they hardly ever get along at times and they both wow. agreed. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and so God just, God just used them to say, to, to, uh, to push me out and just let say, you need to get, you need to do this. And so, uh, that started the, the church planning journey. Uh, now the problem is the the 15 plus years, the the 45, 44 years of living in ministry of what I've always seen, what I've always known, and what my expectation was. And that was ultimately, uh, if you build it, they will come. The field <laughs> of dreams. Kevin Costner. Yes. Yes. Uh, that yeah. is uh what a class first of all classic movie uh wonderful movie but that that uh that phrase there if you build it with a comment it's so uh i think descriptive of how many so many guys come into ministry just thinking if i just do xyz mm -hmm. it's gonna roll out okay keep going so that's you roll in you've got this mentality i'm gonna do it so we we jump in and we're like so so because we've seen things done a certain way and I've, I've always tried to follow the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and 
and step after what he, how he's leading and what he's doing. Um, so prayerfully considering what we're doing, prayerfully considering how we do things, but yet that clashing with the typical church structure. Um, and if you're, you're like, what are you talking about? It, it, the setting up in rows, having the church building, you know, having the band or the not band or having the one guy up leading the hymns, whatever it may be, that, yeah. that structure. Um, and be like, well, that's what we got to do. Uh, so we got to rent a building. We got to get finances. We got to get some backing. We got to, you know, all the, all the steps. And I'm like, so you end up in, in this, almost administrative mode versus just letting the Holy Spirit lead mm. um, and almost get distracted by the administrative stuff. Uh, for me, I have ADD, so it's like it's one or the well, other. So. Well, bro, and I'm, I'm very I, – I love lists and checklists. I, am, I feel like I am detail-oriented as much as I also like the big picture. So I, it's easy to just – and then you feel accomplished because, like, you, you know, administrative stuff, you can look at it and say, hey, I did all of this today. Yeah. Now, whether or not that was the stuff that should have been getting done <laughs> – <laughs> right, but you could point to it, and you feel like I've done so. That's it's the difference between activity and just busyness. You know, activity moves you towards significant goals and steps, but busyness is just you're just spinning your tires. So yeah, no. well, and it it, it, it is, and, and one of, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug in right now. As you're listening to this, if you're considering the church planning thing, or you're like, hey, what am I doing? Or I'm in the middle of this. Mine, I would say a, a learning lesson from where I was sitting at that moment was you can't do it all by yourself. Right. I, I, I don't care because you're the pastor, you're the, you're the church planner, whatever it may be. Again, you only have certain strengths, certain gifts, certain abilities that God has gifted you with. And if you get outside of those, you're going to struggle. Yeah. Um, my wife is an extremely administrative mindset. I am an extremely visionary mindset. So one of the things I had to learn was stepping into her strengths or letting her step into those strengths. Yeah. Uh, and leadership is truly one of those things where you're lifting somebody up in, in their potential and their, their capabilities. That's what leadership is. That's what pastoring is. That's what church planning is. It's mm -hmm. it, this, this, it's whose kingdom are we building? And I think ultimately uh, on some level, and I, I know in my past that the mentality, although maybe in subconscious, was I'm building a kingdom for me. The more people come, the bigger I get, the more I can, quote, minister. Yeah. And I don't know. It was, it was something that I don't know. Somewhere in the subconscious, I think it was there, not on purpose. But it, 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 it follows along with the lines when the, when the Bible talks about, you know, not being a novice and being lifted up with pride. Mm. And, and I don't even know if novice means young as much as it is just not skilled in, in certain things. Yeah. And, and that there's this level of pride when you grow or, or when you don't grow, maybe that's like, man, I gotta, it's gotta be about me. I, I'm the person, and again, there's a lot of ministries out there, honestly. I mean, you can see them, you can find them on YouTube, you can find them, 
a dime a dozen. And, and they're the big name, big pastor ministries. Now, I'm not saying they're wrong or, or they don't have an impact. But if we're not careful when we're church planning, we'll get a big head about ourselves versus what we're supposed to be doing. And that's for the glory of God. Right. That, that, that's where that is. So, so finding those places and, and stepping into that. Um, so when we stepped into the church planning thing here, it was with the expectation really that it was, I had a lot of friends. I have, I have a good personality. You know, I can talk to people, you know, people like me. Right. Um, Why wouldn't they come to your church? Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I was on, so to, to, in that period of time before we were church planting and after we were in the ministry, we were in a, in a period of time where we worked in a church that was 1500 people at a given Sunday, that three services, I was on the worship team, you know, my, my wife was on staff there. So it was like, this thing's huge and it's moving and it's rocking and rolling and it's a lot of stuff and great ministry. But the more and more we were, we were doing that, the more and more it felt like it was, it had a manufactured feel at, at points and times. And that was not what, what we should, that's not what we should have been accomplishing. Um, and so ultimately I was seeing people fall through the cracks mm. and, and it was like, how do we do this? Because we need to have discipleship. We need to have a community feeling, a family feeling, a, you know, church, church in Acts chapter two, Acts chapter one, chapter two, go through the beginning parts of Acts, all churches, but they were, you know, they had compassion and care and concern for each other. And they were, you know, selling their goods to the, to, to, to help each other out. And it, it was like, you know, John over here knew what was going on with, with Sam. And it was like, man, Sam, I got this over here that I, I'm going to sell this and help you. Yeah. You know, and and we see uh, and, and we see in the book of Acts, the 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 consequences of people that that. Saw other people doing this, but then got prideful, if you think about um, and I always get them wrong and Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah, that were like we we yeah we're gonna sell this property and we got all this money and that's right we're gonna tell them we said we gave it all and god was like and it wasn't a question could could they have kept the kept the money completely yeah god didn't tell them to sell it yeah it it, it wasn't that it was like you know what we're only going to give a portion but they wanted people to think more highly of them than what they were and so there's this pride element uh sorry i i kind of run a little bit for a second but you're all right but with the church planning thing and, and when we sat down we were like we don't want what we've always had because not because it hasn't worked in some situations, but it doesn't build community. Mm-mm. It builds, it builds people coming to church and checking off a box and going home. Yeah. And you never see them. You, you never interact with them during the week. You don't have them over at the house. You don't, you know, you see them on Sunday morning. You might see them on Wednesday night or Thursday night, whatever night it is. And ultimately you just get this, this setup of people that are just, um, consumer Christians. So, okay. And I think we could tie this back to some of these things we've already kind of said here. Cause I, I, 
I completely agree. That was our, like my, the church before we got rid of our structure, moved into the network of house churches very much that way. I've seen other churches that way. I know when you're saying this is how, uh, yeah, I can identify. I also think I don't want to throw everyone under the bus. We know this. There's also churches doing that attractional model who very well um, developing community. The thing is, yeah. I feel like they're much more intentional with it, um, yeah. perhaps than 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 some others. And so I do think if you're going, no matter your methodology, there's biblical principles that you have to prioritize. And it'll look different in these different methodologies. But if, as soon as you drift from those principles, it does become this empty checkbox sort of thing. And I think if you have this mentality, like you and I both have just uh, confessed to having this build it, they'll come this field of dreams. I mean, it, it does become this, this egocentric kind of like, just show up for me. I want you here for me. And then Lee, and it's, you just say, you're some building your own kingdom. I mean, that's all I was doing. It's like, I think, Hey, I'm going to put the church banner out there. And we had this terrible cheap banner with this terrible logo, you know, so stupid, man. And then, you know, we got the setup and I put it out there and we ran an ad in the newspaper and the ad was terrible. <laughs> just, and then I just waited and I waited for people to come hear me because I'd spent my whole week preparing this message and you would come hear me. And then I had to report. I'm sure you did something similar, like tracking attendance and whatnot, reporting all this and offering and and not that I wasn't praying, not that we weren't ever fasting, not that, but it was the it was very much a dependency. Like, hey, I've done all the right stuff. Yeah, people should show up, and yeah, it it left us wanting because at the end of the even when people started coming to our church, because even after I think I've told you this, after our grand opening service, which was 14 people, um, no one came for a full year. It was just me and my wife. So, you know, I, so when people did start coming up, it even left you feeling wanting because you've got a handful of people shuffling into this convention center. You've had, you know, you got your sign out in the parking lot, your banner out front, you're preaching to them and then you leave. Like there was no like, hey, let's go grab lunch. Hey, let's get, let's be, let's, hey, let's talk. Hey, there's no rush to get out of here. We've got this all day. It's like, okay, service is over. That's it. Let's go. And it's, that was me. Like that was that was my problem. Like I, that was issues with my understanding. That was issues yeah. in my, I think agenda. I think that was issues in pride, probably some fear of man in there. Um, and it was stupid. And I just look back on it and I'm like, we went through all those motions. Just put, you're laughing. Cause you did the same thing. You just put up, you just like, okay, we get all set up here. We've got quote unquote church ready. You know, yeah. we just think if we just set up for a service that we've done what we're supposed to do. And you're saying, no, like you look at what we see in the Bible and it's more than just setting up and saying you've done a service. And I, yeah. I completely agree. We're in that spot right now. So anyway, I just, I didn't mean, I was just trying to pull some stuff together here. Go ahead. Yeah, but it was. So we, and, and that was what opened up. So when we when we finally stepped in, we're like, well, we have no money. We <laughs> we, we we have none of these things. We have a dream. I have a dream. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, wow, that's awesome. And, and so I'm like, well, how do we get this going? And so I started talking to pastors in the area, and uh, I it it was I'll pray for you, brother. You know, let me right. know things are going. You know, kind of thing. Uh, I will say there was one man, uh, great guy. It was the, the story behind it is hilarious. And in, in so many ways, we'll have to talk about that another time, but um, he, he did what churches should be doing. Uh, he stepped out. I, did, I, I was, I was nervous. I met him at a Panera bread. I said, I wonder if he'll just even, maybe he'll help me a little bit, you know, something. Um, yeah. 
And I just like, I don't, I don't know. And uh, I didn't even get the words out to say, Hey, would you consider helping us or supporting us? He's like, Hey, how about I just be your sponsoring church and we'll just get this thing rocking and rolling. And I'm like, that would be awesome if you would do that uh and south and so we got connected and it was funny so the following so that was i don't even know what day it is let's just say that was a thursday he said hey i have a a leadership meeting with my group on on next wednesday i want you to be there i'm like okay cool i'll show up uh so i showed up for this leadership meeting i sit down he's like okay i'm gonna talk about you and what you got going on and i'm just gonna let them know how we're gonna be helping you out a little bit and and stuff like that well, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know what? I have nowhere really to meet. I wonder if he would let me, because he's got a church building. He's got a facility. He's got a spare, uh, like, fellowship hall. I wonder if I could meet there on a, a Thursday night initially just so we could have some, right. some meeting space for some people and stuff. Uh, I hadn't even asked him, hadn't said anything to the guy. And so I'm sitting in this meeting, and the first thing he says is, hey, by the way, we're going to be just supporting church. And, yeah, he's going to be starting the service coming up in August. now. This was way back in June, and I hadn't even had this conversation with him yet. And he's going to be <laughs> using our facility, and I'm just like, "Okay, God, I guess you've already been already working on that there." Um, and so it was just—it was a great fit. He—it was awesome. He let us use the facility, uh, and it was weird because it was a few months in. We were we were meeting, uh, doing, uh, just small groups. Uh, it was church, but it was, it was like a life group. It was a Bible study on a Thursday night. And, um, and we did it on Thursday night for two reasons. And, and again, if I, if I put things out there uh, as we talked, we did certain things and set up things certain ways so that, one, it, we didn't get burnout as a couple, my family or whoever, because uh, my kids helped in other churches and youth groups that met on Wednesday nights. And I didn't want to have to push them out of that and, and force a service on a night when they were getting something for themselves. Right. Um, for us, it gave us the opportunity to, to go maybe to another church in the area that was having something that I could just sit there and be Joe, not pastor Joe, you know? Right. Um, and, and those kind of things. So that's why we ended up doing it on a different night than a Wednesday. And for us, we did it on a Thursday for that reason. Uh, we also did it because, a, a church we had been a part of did their services on a Thursday night. And I didn't want anybody from that church to just trickle over yeah. and cause any friction. Yeah. Uh, if they came great, but I wasn't, they would have to make the choice. I wasn't going to pull them. Yeah. Which that didn't actually happen. So thankfully, um, <laughs> but uh, so we were doing those things and we were meeting and honestly, if I step back, I look at it. Like I said, the first conversation was June. And if I look at it and I see it, I'm looking at it. Yeah, there was a lot of prayer. There was a lot of discussion. Uh, there was a lot of things, honestly, that I was like, I'm not going to do it like anybody else because I didn't want, I ultimately swung the pendulum so far the other direction in a way that it was like, it still wasn't centered in that sense. Right. Um, and because I had seen it this way, I was like, I'm going to completely do something completely opposite um, just because I don't want it to appear like anything else. And I felt like God was directing in that, but I, I, I personally took it 
to a level that it shouldn't have been, um, just in trying to be different. Uh, and not that it was unscriptural or unbiblical. It was just like, I don't want to give this appearance. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Maybe just, and, and if you've already, maybe I missed it. So give me like a couple of examples of what that looked like practically. Oh man. So, so for instance, so we, we've been in, we've been in, in ministries where, again, like I said before, it was about the guy behind the pulpit. Right. And so it, it was all about the, the, it, for lack of it was all about me in a sense. So the alternate to that was I didn't do anything but preach. So I, I, I didn't do the welcome. I didn't do music, which I love music. And I love to sing. I sang on a worship team. So it's like, I love, it is, it is something that comes out for me. And I'm like, this is great. Right. And so the pendulum swinging the opposite direction for me was I quit all of the things I loved because I didn't want anybody to think that I was the guy that was the guy. Doing it all. Yeah. And okay. so uh, where I think there's a healthy balance today, I know there's a healthy balance. Right. Uh, and stepping forward, I know there's a healthy balance. Um, so there was things like that, things that I look at that I'm like, you know what, honestly, people need other people need to teach. So so I, I made. Uh, it wasn't really a mistake as much as it was. A. I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't a failure. It wasn't a mistake. It was just it was just I, I pushed it too quick in some ways of letting other people step in that weren't quite ready per se. Um, and it ready, kind of in, ready in what to teach or ready to like, what roles are you talking about? In a sense, teach. It's okay. it fell flat. It, it was too, uh, almost too scripted and, and just not, yeah. it, it just didn't hit. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't an issue with, with them per se. It was just an, it was an issue with leadership from the standpoint of I hadn't developed in a leadership mentality of how to, how can I support them? Right. So, so uh, within that context, it was, you know, develop those leaders or, or those people, you know, uh, and be aware, but be ca- and cautious, but develop them. Uh, yeah. So, so if we move forward, so we had our first service, August the 9th. Uh, it was a 9 a.m. service and I was anticipating <laughs> tell me now listen tell me so okay how many did you have a number in your head with, what was your number because i had a number too what was your number i was thinking 120 i thought we'd have 100 and we had set up for that so it's really daunting and disheartening when that doesn't show up <laughs> okay yeah. no close that was <laughs> We had a good, so here's the problem. We had a, we had a good crowd. The issue was the crowd we were, we reached were people that would not, would not stay. They had a home somewhere else. Yeah. So, and I'm just like, I'm like, that. I'm not looking to take anybody. I want new and I want fresh. See, we, this was, I'm, uh, so yeah, at our grand opening service, I'm, I feel, I'm, I'm, brother i'm tracking right with you we had so the 14 people me and my wife were the two of them three friends a a couple and a child from out of town there was another family from the church 
uh, you know, the county that we had actually fallen into prior to launching. So they had just right. come over to support us. And then like a, just a hand, a single digit at locals. Yeah. And not so more than more than the majority of those people weren't going to come back. There was no intention of ever coming back. Right. Yeah. And you're it's like what a subpar start. And of course, we were in a hotel and uh, the conference center. And so we had eventually, at some point, we actually was allowed to advertise in the rooms. Like we had a, an invitation in the mm -hmm. drawers with the Gideon Bibles and all this. So we would even have people come from the hotel to our services, which is awesome. But they're never going to come back either. Like there was a, no traction and built it. So I, it was so frustrating. So frustrating. It was. So. And it was. So, so week after week, we did, <laughs> we did the structure. Right. Oh, we did too. Sunday we said. We had the slides, we had the videos, we had the, the stuff. It was like, it was, it was good, but it wasn't fulfilling. Right. And we weren't, and, and it wasn't meeting the need for the people that we were trying to reach. And I, and, and so it was like, what are we doing? It, it, it uh -huh. really was, it was like a hand yeah. in the air. Like, what are we doing? This, I tell you, just so. The dumbest thing to, to maintain that structure in the face of the reality that you're in, like when we had 14 people come and then for the next year, just me and my wife, Grayson, we were still setting up as if we were going to have, we, now we scaled it down. So, but we were still set up for like 40 or 50 people, like always anticipate and Grayson, she'd sit in the back row. Like, what are you doing? It's just you here. Move up front woman. And <laughs> You know, but it's like, yeah, you were, I didn't know to do anything else. Like yeah. I did not know to do anything. Else. And it sounds like that's your, like, that's been your experience. That's been your tradition. What else do you do? So. Yeah, it was, it was. And we did, we caught, we had some families come in, but from those families, it was just them. There was nobody. And they weren't, they weren't unchurched. In the sense of unchurched, they were, they were people that, because of church structure had either been hurt or there was trauma or there was something else. And they were looking to see if there was something different, but because they were still trying to, to, to navigate their way through some stuff, they weren't inviting anybody either. Now we were able to pour into them. And I think for a season, it was exactly what they needed. But on the alternate side, it was, it was tough because it wasn't getting traction. Yeah. Well, in the midst of that, and so like I said, that was August. Well, the issue I was having was the, the area I felt that God wanted us to reach, we weren't in. We were, we were three cities south of the area and on the other side of the intercoastal. Mm. So for, for us, it meant for us, it's a 15 minute drive over the intercoastal to beach side for us to get to where the area was that we felt like there was nothing there. Yeah. Um, and so we're like, we've got to be doing something. And I'm like, so if I go up and, and there was a the quandary, if I go pass out tracks or I go pass out information in that area, they're not going to leave. Right. They're not even in your same community. Right. So then, uh. then I'm like, okay, so guess what? I know what we got to do. We'll go rent the school building. That's what you do, right? That's it. Yeah, man. And so, and no, like God, God connected us with a great, uh, a great administrative lady up there, put it all together. 
she gave us a big giant conference room and it it was set up as uh almost like a college classroom so it actually fanned up instead of fanned down so okay. you were at the i was at the bottom and everybody yeah. sat up going up there were desks already there and chairs didn't really have to set any of that stuff up we just had to get our equipment in and so uh, within that, so we, we stepped in, uh, so August, we were at the church building by December of the same year. We're, we're like, up, oh, we're heading up there. Well, for these people that were coming, it's now a 30 minute drive for them. Uh, and so what we, what we caught ourselves doing not week after week after week was I'm getting there with my wife at, you know, Let's see, church was at nine. Um, we were getting there at 7 a.m., pulling the stuff out of my garage, uh, putting it in my van, driving it up to the school, carrying it all in, unloading, getting it set up. And then nine o'clock comes along and I'm exhausted. Yeah. And I'm ready to preach. Now, my, my daughter dealt with music. So all, all the logistics then took precedence. And we did that, no lie. We did that December, January, February, uh, March, and right into right into April. Um, and it was week after week we did it, and week after week they would some would come, some would not. Yeah. And we would show, and nobody from the community. Nothing we were accomplishing. And I'm like, we could do this at my house and not have to worry about it. Uh, right. There's a, so, I'm with, <laughs> so the people that that's hilarious. The people watching this on YouTube will get to see that expression. Cause that was hilarious. Uh, but on audio, you can, you're going to miss that point. So this, that's the right. There's nothing. I think mobile church is a great, Need. I think this can be done well. I think that setup sounds like even the setup that sounds cool. And that classroom that's set up like a, like a, yeah, man, that, that would be great too. But I think there's a timing piece that comes in here. Neither of us had made any disciples. Nope. We had our family. So do we have to go through the stress, expend the time and energy and money to set up for something when we don't even have like, so it goes back to this. Thinking, hey, I'll put out the sign in the parking lot, that A-frame yep. sign. I'll put out that banner. I'll run that that Facebook ad, and people will show up. And it's that's not how churches yep. are built. So we didn't even have the banner because we didn't have the money for the banner. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, knew we existed. Right. It was, it was like, and and it was hard because it was in because it was we were me so. We got more, it was, and this is hilarious. So we would meet on Sunday mornings in the school, but then we would, so we would meet on Sunday nights and do a book club. Okay. Uh, and read through a Christian book that was relevant to what we were doing. Uh, I will have my shameless plug for one of the best books that I've read in the last year. And that is uh, Doing Church as a Team. Doing Church as a Team. I thought that was um, nice. I cannot... Uh, I don't remember the author's name, but it is, it is phenomenal. He's a okay. pastor in Hawaii. Um, but he, that book was amazing. Uh, and it was exactly what we needed to go through. Uh, but we got more people to show up randomly. And I say randomly, 
uh, when we were sitting in the park reading the book than we were in the church building. But the problem was the park we met in was in a completely different area of town, not even where we were supposed to be. And it wasn't that we didn't try things. We went up and, and we did hot dog meals at the beach and put our stickers on it and did all the things and passed out flyers. And the problem was the people that were coming to the beach were people that were living in Orlando. <laughs> they just live in the area. I'm like, well, this doesn't work. You know? What are we doing? So it just, week after week, it felt, it just kept falling more, more and more flat. Yeah. And, and it, not that I wasn't, in, I wasn't excited. It was just like, I came back depleted. And yeah. in some ways very defeated. And I was just like, it's, this is not what it's about. And so uh, our last service in the school was Easter. Uh, we, had put, we had put out a bunch of stuff. We're like, we're going to do the Easter push. Yeah. We're going to try to do this, and let's see what we can get. And it was Man. bad. I, 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 I walked out of there, and I was like, oh, my goodness. What are we doing? Yeah. And we, and, and again, some of it was God. And so God really did some stuff seasonally in our life in that area. But God used things that we were going through. So, so this last year for us has been hard in a lot of ways, not just a church plant, but my mentor and pastor passed away of a stroke in February mm. out of the blue. Uh, and that was, we were out there for a funeral in Iowa. Um, in March, my grandmother passed away in Indiana. So we literally left the funeral for my pastor, drove home to Florida. And a few weeks later, we had turned around and went back to Indiana. Um, and so there was a lot of things that were going on. And it's like trying to hold the structure wasn't working. Right. So after April, we stepped back and we're like, we're going to do this in the house. Now, it's not in the area we want, but it's in the middle. We don't have to set up as much. Let's just see if we can get some traction going. Right. Um, so we, we did that for, for, for quite some time. Um, but again, it was the same thing. Same people, same group, no outreach to speak of, no new, no new faces. We were having Bible club and I yeah. don't mean that. I don't mean that disrespectfully nah. at all. Um, and then week after week, it just, it, it, again, again, we were trying to push, it was like trying to push a big boulder up a hill and we're not getting anywhere. And I'm like, it's, it shouldn't be this difficult. It really shouldn't be. And so we stepped back this year. Uh, about the middle of the year, we were like, okay, God, what do you want to do? And then the people that had been coming started dwindling in other directions. Mm-hmm. And so it would be my family. It would be my family and a couple of people. And then these couple of people you saw, it was just discouraging and stuff. And we're like, okay, God, we're going to take a couple. We did. We took a couple weeks off and said, we're just going to sit and, 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 and rest and contemplate and try to get our bearings figured out. What are you wanting? And so 
we're like, well, we need this, but is this is the structure right? And so, so we started. We just we did. We sat down. We uh, our whole family sat down. We just brainstormed, and we're like, what was good? What was bad? What's falling flat? And we just kind of talked through everything we just discussed. And then it was. It's interesting because our story is one that the whole reason I minister. So. So if you if you sit down and uh, if you think through it, I was like, the question that was posed to me was was what are you looking for? What are you trying to accomplish? And that was that was my aha moment for me was like, what am I pushing for? And I'm like, am I doing this for, for lack of a better term, for position? Oh, I'm the pastor. Mm. Or am I doing this because it's my purpose? And I had to do some soul searching because I'm like, wait a second. I know what I prayed when I asked God, when God showed me the church plan. I know what I prayed two years ago when I said, God, I believe this is what you want. I remember what I was, not all, completely, but I remember earlier this year in, in January, in February, was we were driving back from the Idea Network conference in, in Dallas, praying and saying, God, this is what I want. <laughs> and, uh, and I want, I want people to train. I want, I want, I want lost people. I don't want church people. I want lost people. Amen. I want people that are nasty and dirt. And, and I don't mean that about, you know, they're, they're lost. And, and I want to see people come to Christ. That's what I want. And I'm not, we're not doing that with the model we had. We're, we're not reaching that. We're reaching church people that are not happy with the church they're in and just want to go somewhere else. So, so to, to jump in, so we, we remodeled, we restructured. And, and, and it wasn't even a restructure in the sense of I tried anything. I literally quit trying. I, I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but I did. I literally stopped trying. And so my wife does nutrition and health nutrition. and uh she works in a nutrition club here locally and we just do life pretty much every day we're in the club for an hour two hours six hours makes no difference she's in there a lot more than i am i work a, a, a job but we were in and out all the time and just having conversations with people literally conversations with people the conversations with people were you know she's handing them a health shake and somebody's sitting down at at the bar. So if I say the nutrition club, we, we go to a nutrition club and we sit at a bar, not a, not an alcohol bar, but a bar <laughs> and people will spill their gut over a shake or a tea hmm. and just share life. They, yeah, again, it's what they do at a, at a bar bar with the, with the bartender, the yeah. same thing they do at nutrition club. So this year, so, and I, I'm, I'm, this, this conversation is, is long because it, there's so many seasons and changes and and pieces. But God did something that was like, I did nothing and God did everything. Yeah. So we, we helped, my wife was able to no lie. A young lady walks in, says, I've been around with this young man and now I'm pregnant. My wife, my mom's going to kick me out of the house. I need to go get an abortion. And this is my life. Mm. And my wife hands her a shake and says, hey, can I talk to you? That young lady has a beautiful 
little boy today because <laughs> my wife was on the other side of the bar and said, there's other options. Yeah. I'll go to you to, with a, I'll go with you to appointments. I'll help you get set up with, with help in the area, whatever it may be. And, but because we were in a, in a, in a place having a conversation, we, we started meeting and, and doing life. I started at my exercise, my fitness journey for myself. Uh, I, I was like, I need to do something. And, uh, so we just started going every day to, to, to fit camp at the nutrition club. They're completely free. So there's no cost. And you're out there with all kinds of people, all kinds of, all kinds of people just working out. Yeah. And we're in the nutrition, the club, just having conversation. And this guy pops up and I was like, his name's Pierre. Pierre's from Brooklyn or the Bronx, New York. And I can't talk like him, but if you just think about New York, okay. <laughs> and, and he's like, and we're not, and we're not plugging that I'm, uh, that we do ministry, that we do church. Our life just looks different yeah. than everybody else. And this guy walks up and says, you're a pastor. And I'm like, well, yeah. I, I, and we were meeting that house and he's like, man, we've been looking for something. Like okay, when are you meeting? Well, at that point we actually were in our in our our pause. Yeah, and I'm like, well, it'll be a couple weeks. And now this is August of this year, uh, so one year removed from the church plant, yeah. like the church attempt and the school building thing. We're now one year removed from that, and we're in this pause, this lull, and we're like, okay, what are we doing? And he says, so your pastor? I'm like, yeah. And he's like. Where are you meeting? I'm like at the church at our house. He's like, okay. Well, can I come? I'm like, of course. <laughs> and I'm like, so he, so then all of a sudden across the room, this other young lady hears this and says, I've never been to church before ever. I'd love to try church. And I'm like, okay. Now is it the same kind of church around the corner? I was like, no, it's a little different. It's not like the, the ones up and down the street. He's like, okay, I want to come. Somebody else around the corner is talking, hears it, and like, well, I want to show up. And by the time I'm done in, in this one conversation within, a, within that conversation about the, the week of how this conversation carried, there's like 35 or 40 people that are like, this is interesting. Well, I'd like to try that. Mm. And I'm thinking, they won't fit in my home. I have a problem. <laughs> And so the, the owner of the fitness club or the nutrition club uh, is always like, well, you can do whatever you want, just as long as it's not around um, anything we have going. So I, I reluctantly and sheepishly asked, hey, could we use the club if we wanted to do a fellowship, not church, a fellowship? It's, it's because so the nutrition club is full circle nutrition. Mm. And so we're all about our health, our wellness, all these pieces. But the owner is a, a very God conscious woman. Yeah. And she's like, well, we need the spiritual side. Because we're all three. We're all a whole, yeah. and we need this. She's like, club's yours. Whatever. So we moved our service to one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. Awesome. And we're like, okay, let's just see what happens. No expectations. No. Like no, no 
I don't know, no structure in a sense. I'm like, I'm not setting up the chairs. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not setting it up it's, the way It's I'm very doing. different than that attempt in the school a year earlier, wasn't it? It was. Very I'm different. Like, you know what? I'm going to set up tables. There you go. I'm going to set up some round tables and I'm just going to run with it and see what happens. And I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not like, we didn't try. We just showed up. We lived our life in the nutrition club as Christians, as people that love God differently than all the other conversations, different than all the other places. And again, that people would walk up, sit down and be like, Hey, this is what's going on in my life. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? Have you thought about this? Not, Hey, come to church. Yeah. It was, hey, have you thought about this? And they're like, okay. And then they would find out that we have this fellowship. And we're like, hey, can I come? Totally. And I I think so. Tell I think this is a picture you sent me. So again, if you're listening to this audio, I'm not going to describe it for you. You're just going to miss it. You have to check it out on YouTube. But this this is one of the pictures you sent me, right? Yes. So this is the this is inside the club. You can see the round tables up, and there is a room full of people that yes. have got gathered there. That is awesome. That and, is awesome. And it wasn't. And here's the thing: church structure was worship, service, invitation, go home. That's yeah. church structure. Every week was different. Yeah. There was no. There was. There were elements that we did. We right. had a service. We had worship. Uh, one of the best things we did is we incorporated stuff from within the nutrition club. So we did gratitudes after the workout. What am I grateful for? So these people understand this. Yeah. And so we would feed into that side of it and be like, hey, I'm grateful for this. And it was always the simple stuff. Yeah. But then we would challenge and be like, okay, how are you grateful? But look back on the last week. Yeah. What did God do in your life this last week? Now, these people are lost. They don't know God. They have no relationship <laughs> with Jesus. Right. But, hey, what did God do? And the, and the preaching was different. The, the, the service was different. The, the, the people that were, were, were there that had a relationship with Christ, we were able to put into in a different way. But the people that were not there or that were just coming we're getting evangelistic sermons. Like, who's Jesus? Well, uh, I remember the first services were like, first, I was in First John for one, um, talking about knowing God, you know, these things we have heard and we have seen and we have tasted and our hands have handled the word of life. And they're like, I mean, oh, like, man. what are you talking about? But we were merging that because it's so crazy because the nutrition stuff we do has so many Christian elements, it's so weird, that we would merge what they understood with our nutrition stuff with Bible stuff and be like, hey, it's just like our nutrition stuff is this. We have to, we show, we, 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 we don't push our stuff, it's a life. This is what it was like before nutrition. This is what it's like while we're doing nutrition. And this is what has changed in my life. Mm. Guess what? This is what my life was like before God. This is what God is doing in my life now. And my life is completely different now that I have him here and, and taking that. It's a story. Well, see, go ahead. Let me cut you off. Go ahead. 
and, and that's where it's at. See, I think for our Christian life, again, in ministry, church planting, whatever it may be, and again, I know specifically church planting as pastors, we're stepping into this church planting mentality, and it's like, what do I have to do? Tell your story. Yeah. Tell your story. What did God do for me? Forget the church plant. People want to connect with you relationally, and that's where it's at. They don't care that you have a building or whether you don't have a building. They don't care if you have a church or you don't have a church. People that care about that are the people that are already in church somewhere. <laughs> How do you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> but it is. I, I know. I do. That's what pe- that's, but people that want to see Jesus will meet you on a side of a road somewhere, sit down, and talk. Mm. And it doesn't matter the location. That's right. Because they want to know that you care about them and that Jesus cares about them. Amen. So you're responsible. So, so when it comes to church planting, and, and again, my, I, again a, a plug, whatever it may be, uh, an action step, if you want to put it that way, is don't go after people that are already churched. Yeah. Go yeah. after people that are lost. Yeah. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is going into the places that those people go. Mm. Read your Gospels. Jesus did, yeah, Jesus was in the synagogue, yes. But guess what? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, in that case, (laughs) he was sitting in the publican's house. Yeah. He was having lunch with the tax pla- tax collector. Yeah. He was walking through the streets talking to people in their day-to-day life. Good. And people encountered Jesus. This is what people need. So Amen. when you're talking church planting, you're not planting a church for yourself. You're planting for the kingdom of God. Yeah. And your impact of building the church is going to come when you impact the lost souls of people that are out there. Because that's when you build a, a discipleship. That's when you build people. And that's when God builds a church. And, and I think, amen, bro. And I think that sums it up because I think the mentality that when we started or this started, I had this field of dreams mentality, build it, they'll come. It was, I'm building something. And biblically, that's not the pattern. Biblically, Jesus tells us, I'll build the church. And he says, yeah. you go make disciples. You go pour into people's lives. You go love your neighbor, and I'll build a church out of that. And so your story, I love it because it illustrates that that dynamic shift from I'm trying to do something. I did the same thing. I'll build a church. I'll start a church. I had never made a disciple, right? Yeah. And so it's like this. But then when you switch that up and you start pouring into people's lives and making yourself available and having those conversations. God does his incredible things. So I think that's a solid piece. Like an actionable step is what you just getting in people's lives, being where the people are at and being in that space and letting whatever comes out of those conversations, relationships, fuel what's happening in the ministry. Is there anything else? We're going we're gonna to wrap this up here. Is there anything else actionably um, just in your story? You said, Hey, as you think through this, Remember this, read this, say, have this conversation. Anything like that you just want to real quick throw out there as we kind of wind this down? So uh, I, it was interesting. I was listening to something this week. Uh, my wife, like I said, we do nutrition. So there's these, these uh, strategy calls that they do every week that give pour into them business-wise. 
and I was sitting listening to this um, Wednesday, and there was a couple of things, and I'm just going to bring it out. Um, bring it out that, um, like I said, it was I said chase purpose, not position. Mm. Okay, uh, yeah, it, what is your purpose? If your purpose is to build a church, your purpose is wrong. If your purpose is to build disciples that will build that God will use to build a church, mm. the purpose is right then. So plug uh, yeah. there. Uh, failure, and, and I was thinking about this way. This this way, failure is just learning that there's a better way. <laughs> oh, not, failure is not, just learning. Yes, I'm right, just I, I was I, and I was sitting there because uh, you always have failed. You have to fail to succeed. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that sounds great, wonderful. Yeah, how do you how do you action that? And I'm sitting there like that doesn't make sense to me. Because failure is this word that you're like, uh, brings this defeat feeling. But failure is not defeat. Uh-uh. I'm like, I'm sitting there and I, I wrote it down. I'm like, you know what? No, failure is just learning that there's a better way to do it. That's good. Um, and like, uh, one of the things that they specifically said was every day talk to 10 people. I mean, how? Talk to 10 people. I don't know if you can get more nuts and bolts than that. Like here's a <laughs> just talk to different people. Don't mm. don't tell them, hey, I'm starting a church. Say, hey, what's up with your life? How are things going? Mm. Is there anything that I can pray for you about? You might you don't you may not even know them, but you don't know. I, I did this the other day. I was going through one of those restaurants that you probably shouldn't go through. That's a fast food place. Uh, as we talk about our health journey so. yeah. <laughs> hey i have a cheat day every once in a while uh, that's all right that's all right but the lady behind the drive through window she just looked down and she just like it had been a long day i just looked at her and i smiled and i said i hope you have a great day you need anything just let me know i'll come back by she's like okay and all of a sudden, her just her persona just changed. Mm. She just smiled, and she's like, so, "Again, people want to know you care." Yeah. Again, the, the old cliche: they don't care about Jesus until they know they care about you. Care about them. Yeah. And and so, um, if you take that, talk ten people, and and really what it is is new people, new people, new people. Okay. When you start seeing people get saved. And you start discipling and you start really putting into them, guess what's going to happen? The people that are around them are going to see the change and it's going to just be like, what happened? Yeah. And then it literally is a snowball at that point. Now you're not pushing that big giant boulder up the hill. The snowball started at the top and it's just rolling down. Yes, sir. That's good. And you're just going to be like, what? <laughs> so, man. That's good. That's I have so much more I could talk about. No, we, and there is. And there's things you've said that I purposely not pressed into because I know it would take us in some different directions. But that doesn't mean we don't get to have another conversation down the road. I'm excited. That'd be great. Yeah, let's revisit it. Um, if someone wants to connect with you, now you're you're we don't have time to rehash all this out too, but you're moving actually 
So I don't know if maybe we can link to your new church website if there is one, or if I can throw your uh, social media profiles up on the show notes or something. But I, well, I do want to send it over to you. Okay, I think that's some way where people can connect with you um, and keep hearing the story. But we'll get you back on. I hope this has been helpful to you as you listen, as you watch this. Uh, if it has, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating or review. That way other people can find it. Uh, also, I just ask that you share it, man. Pass it uh, on to others. If you're a church planter, you know a church planter, you're a part of a church planting team, uh, man, please share this, post it on your social, something of that nature where others can find it and can interact with it. Hopefully it'll spark some good conversation, um, some internal, maybe some reflection, get you digging in some areas that you hadn't thought maybe to dig into as you are serving in the field God's called you to, or as you're preparing to go to this city where God has called you to. So again, uh, my name is Logan. I am in Utah. I was joined today by my friend, Joseph. He's hanging out there in Florida. And this has been everything I did wrong as a church planter, a million part series. 